into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? talking about different world or same world different dimensions if you listen to our uh sliders theme song um we here at imagine if like to take uh the worlds that you already know and switch them around a little bit so put them together chop them up dice them up mix them together make it all kinds of good <laughs> that's, that's exactly right um we have uh we have some uh actual uh listener request this week so we'll get oh, to I'm those excited. before we get to our 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 team challenge i guess you're gonna call it that's or true group challenge or whichever you want to put but uh yeah that's what it's gonna be so uh chris hey i had a great time at the yuma county library free comic book day comic con yeah that library con was awesome um everybody who came out to our panels thank you you guys were awesome you were fun you were interactive I, I, I think I see a couple of you. you. You've popped onto our Geek Elite. That's cool, man. That's, that's like very that's, cool. That's awesome. So yeah, we, we definitely had a, we had a great response to uh, just about everything we, we we did. We had newsletters and giveaways and uh, a, pa- a great panel, two great panels. Yeah, uh, particularly for the two of us. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I I had a great time. Lauren, I don't know if you listen. Of course you listen, because you would. <laughs> Who doesn't? So, Lauren, thank you. I am saying thank you out on the uh, internet radio waves. Plus, we also have. Uh, I mean, we this is the first. Imagine if we've come back since uh, Civil War has come out. This is true. Yeah, because that after party after the library con. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about you, man, but it put me down for a while. Did you have a good time? I, I, I couldn't tell. Do you remember it? <laughs> yeah, you had a good time. <laughs> I always have a good time. So, uh, yeah, well, this is being the first one back, what what do you have for us on news-wise? All right, let's see. Comic book news. So we are getting closer and closer to the days of new. Um, DC Comics has unveiled their new retro logo, and it's actually really cool. Um, Jim Lee posted on... I believe the Instagrams. He posted on Instagram explaining how this logo is actually built. So if you look at it, I believe it's on the C. There's a little bit of a cut, and that cut is basically borrowed from the Superman S. Um, the uh, blockiness of the letters is borrowed from the Wonder Woman WWs, and the overall centeredness in the curvature is borrowed from the bat signal. So that's actually pretty cool. Like This is a... A Trinity logo. Makes you know? sense. Yeah. Makes, makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're definitely, I think after Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, they really want to promote uh, the Trinity oh, yeah. for as much as they can. You know, uh, this... Oh, dude, they are so like, uh, so, all right, I guess continuing on with the DC comic news. So DC, their big story right line that you need to be reading right now is called The Final Days of Superman. And that's crossing over in the Superman books, action books. Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman, Superman books. And basically, like, the last couple issues, they have totally had, like, Trinity spreads. You know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, in-your-face action. So it's, it's awesome. Um, it came in with a bang, and it left with a whimper. So they were going to have, like, all right, here it comes. Here's the big moment. The new 52 Superman meets the pre-Flashpoint Superman. They see each other for a panel. New 52 Superman's like... How are you? And he's like, yeah, we'll talk later. Whoosh, flies away. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how it goes down. But next week, or I guess by your calendars, uh, May 25th will be the big issue you need to buy. Superman number 52. Yes, I believe it is Superman number 52. And that's pretty much going to kind of put a rock down to the new 52 Superman. Will he live? Will he die? I don't know. All I can do is speculate. So that's going to be very, very major. And then the week after... No, that's the last week of May, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, so DC Rebirth. Go (laughs) buy it, go read it, and you're welcome. 
I'm stoked for this. I can't get any more excited for it. It's awesome. It's going to be fantastic. Just the positive joy that's out there. Because here's something cool, and I'm going to I'm gonna sell Jeff Johns on you for a little bit here. But how awesome is that he's been walking around meeting with people. He's like, hey, Mitch, hey, I know you like uh, Suicide Squad. What do you like about it? What do you miss about it? Tell me about its legacy. And he just picks these writers. And he, he, he talks to them, has an honest conversation. It's like, okay. Now that I see that you love it, go do it and do it. Bring back that love. Bring it all back. So I mean, this is this is gonna be honest, like uh, awesome. We're just gonna we're gonna get that legacy back that's been missing. So you know, the logo is definitely a start, like you said. It's ushering a a new era. It's representing the Trinity. This is gonna be great. So that's kind of on the DC side of things. So get ready. We're gonna have lots of change. So check your websites keep following us i'm sure we're going to post as much as we find out and let you know so it's coming the final days of superman leading up to the rebirth let's see what happens um, on the marvel fence of things the standoff has concluded it was fantastic go out and read it uh it brought back another uh marvel character um quasar as some people know quasar and but it's not the quasar we know it's it's a new heroic mantle carrier so one of those types of things so we've got a quasar back in the marvel u um right now we are actually just uh today launched civil war zero so we're starting civil war two so the comic book civil war is coming um if you're fans of she hulk and war machine i think you need to be reading this i don't necessarily know that that's going to be a good or bad thing but your characters are up at the plate, so you might want to support them, see what happens. Uh, so obviously that's going to be the ever-changing landscape coming to the Marvel U. Um, but that's been about it. So it's just kind of follow the dynamic storylines and see where they're going. That's a, that's a lot of a lot of incredible things happening then. You know, uh, you have to think about how, how much of this stuff uh, is, not, I don't want to say curtailed or influenced. Well, yeah, influenced by the, the, the movies. I mean, uh Obviously, the movies are a big deal right now, especially for Marvel. Oh, yeah. And uh, we just had Civil War. Next one would be uh, uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is coming in. It's funny right now. They're pumping out Doctor Strange. He's every, He just guest starred in X-Men, which is strange because the X-Men don't exist anymore. So it's funny that he just overappeared. No, they do exist before <laughs> you get ruffled. Trust me, I believe in the complex, too. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go check your local message boards. Um, but anyways, yeah, he just appeared there. Uh, he, I think there's actually a Deadpool Doctor Strange book going oh, on I right now. Doubt it. I, I mean, mean he's everywhere. He's going to start gotta, appearing. you got to wonder. I mean, I don't know, in, in your history uh, or your, uh, your uh, you know, Rolodex of, of comic book history. Do you remember any storylines where Doctor Strange and the X Men teamed up? Oh man, they were few and far. Like I mean, very slight. Like I mean, yeah, you'd have moments where, well, like okay, the Infinity Gauntlet, of course, right? But that's more like know, that's, that's everybody. That's, yeah. that's how it was. Like maybe, maybe there'd be like a once in a while guest appearance. You yeah. know, because there is a little bit of magic in the Marvel U. And I will state this actually. I guess this is me being a little bit cynical about it. But Brian Michael Bendis in his in his latest run uh, just recently, he started having Ileana. She wanted to learn more about her magic because she noticed something she could time travel. So she would actually have private meetings with Doctor Strange. But here's the twist. This is Doctor Strange from a while ago. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool. So he's he's kind of like, oh, so, you know, you're from the future. There's an Avengers and I'm part of it. <laughs> Well, that's good to know. Okay, I'm alive, you know. <laughs> so, but he, he has, but I mean, they're not, you know, they're not the the, the usual mix where they go to. Um, so obviously, they're going to put him out everywhere. I believe they've got a story. It's either called like Doctor Strange: The Final Books of Magic or something like that. So he's got a couple minis. He's got his own story, actually, his own comic book coming out monthly. So that's a good plus. So I mean, if you're a fan of the Good Doctor, now is your year. If okay, so just uh, just a, an imagine if throw out there just to, just to be fun you had the option the, op the option to learn magic in the marvel u and you either get to go to uh like and both both sides accept you so it's either you go you go with dr strange and figure out and learn learn ways from him or you learn ways from dr doom oh which man. way would you go wow I gotta go, Doctor Strange. I, yeah. I don't want to use my powers for evil. I don't, they, they, that's what you need to decide what, where you use your powers. Well, yeah, but I mean, but, but think about this but, because, like, Wall, Victor, and Steven. I like how I'm on a first name basis with them. <laughs> Victor and Steven, they, they they do have a mutual respect for each other, and they have. I mean, like, if actually Secret Wars recently, the the new 2015 Secret Wars, Victor and Steven were there at the end and the beginning of everything. 
And Doom was the one who like just seized it and was like, it'll be mine. And he remade Battleworld in his image. And who was his top tier second in command? Doctor Strange. He trusted him enough. And even Steven was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm okay with that. He's the one who wants to wield this. I'll let him ride it. And he, he let a lot of the things change. I mean, because it's funny. If you think about what does Doctor Doom want most in this world? Power. Read Richard's life. Oh, <laughs> uh, he got the power, but uh, Sue was his wife. Yeah. And Franklin and Valerie were his children. Mm-hmm. And he didn't remake them. He didn't say like, oh, well, let's do my DNA. Nope. He kept them as they were. He just had, a, had them believe that I raised you your whole lives. Yeah. If I so, were, I mean, if I, if I, I, I just, for me, I mean, it would be cool to hang out with Doctor Strange. But I think I would want to learn it from, like, because I really feel that, like, a teacher's a teacher. Like, if I were able to, to stave off any influence either one of them had and just learn from them, right. I'd want to learn from Dr. Doom because he has that more scientific background. So I think he would be able to explain things to me better. Like, really? Because, see, if anything, I would say Stephen has the scientific background. Well, he's a doctor, but I think the way he learned it from the ancient one is to be more like, with the eye of Agamotto, I do this. You know, it's, it's just oh, like... Oh, so you think he's more the trinkets as opposed to... Because, see, I feel like Victor is the one who's like, you know, I get the three shrunken heads and I put them in the cauldron and I call upon my great uncle's dead cat to, you know... And... Yeah, but see, at least to me, that's like, that's a formula. <laughs> that's a recipe. You're putting things together. We Whereas two shrunken heads? <laughs> I can't do this, Mitch. <laughs> Whereas Doctor Strange is more like, no, it just does It just happens because Isaiah happens, you know? Yeah. All right. I, I can give you that. I can give you that. <laughs> New Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> Civil War. <laughs> magic Wars. <laughs> that would be an interesting crossover. Why isn't there a giant like magic uh, crossover? Marvel, we're here. Yeah, that would be a pretty... That's. I think that's a future Imagine If. Dude, that actually would, because if you think about it, magic in the Marvel U has a lot... I mean, you know who you can get into that that really you wouldn't guess? Let me put this to you. Who do you think is a major character that you could have that's influenced by magic and really doesn't seem like he should belong there? Uh, Ghost Rider? Spider-Man. Oh. Mephesto. Yeah. Hey, put it all back in the genie lamp for you. Not a problem there, kid. You know? Yeah. Or so, or even uh, Daredevil with the hand. The hand's very mystical yeah. and magical. Yeah, I mean. so there's so many ties. You know, Ghost Rider, obviously, you know, the, the demons and the sorcery and stuff like that, too. Yeah, I mean, you could have such, like, a an amazing setup. Like, I mean, imagine, like, all of a sudden, like, yeah, Steven and Victor meet, and they're like, okay, how are we going to handle Mephesto? We're sick of all of the stuff he's doing here. I say we imprison him. I say we kill him. Boom, Civil War style. You can draw the lines, and you have your, your, your pro and your con, and there they go after it. And it's, I mean, it's the devil. Yeah, who's not against getting rid of him? But then again, when you think about it, well, what is his absence going to leave, you know? So, hell yeah, dude. That could, what do you do in the summer? I think we need to write. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually, would I think, would be a pretty incredible story. So, uh, yeah, then there you go. Maybe that would be something to do over the summer. <laughs> um, well, I mean, is there anything else in particular you want to talk about for news? Let's see. News wise, uh, nothing that's popping them. Well, actually, you know what? Uh, I, I know what we need. To, we need to do before we get into to any farther. Certain uh, creator, uh, drawer, you know, artist, writer, amazing away. person. Yeah, uh, yeah, very influential, very uh, incredible. Darwin Cook. We should give a moment of silence for him. Okay. So there you go. I mean, what's 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 a particular story that you know really touched you of his? Oh man, I. Well, it's funny because I've got I've, I've got two. I don't know if I can. If I, oh yeah, I, <laughs> like I don't impose. You're the co-host. You're, um, you can. Uh, well, let's see. I guess honestly, like, actually, I guess I got God, dude. Darwin affected me a lot. You know, like, so I remember when New Frontier was coming out. And, of course, I was excited. Why? Because there had been nothing positive Hal Jordan in the DC Universe forever. Because New Frontier predates Rebirth. And I remember at my local comic shop, I was like, you need to order this. You need to stock this up. You need to. This is going to draw your old fans back. This is going to get them in. And I think this is probably before you and I were like seriously talking. And yep. I'm sure Diane was like, Chris says this is good. And you're probably like, who the hell is Chris? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I think that's pretty much how the story went down. It was, other than the, who the hell is Chris? But I did remember looking at the art and be like, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. And I just, I, I kept like, you can't get enough of this because his stuff is beautiful. Um, 
Go buy it. Go buy it. Go buy it. Go buy it. Spider-Man's Tangled Web, issue 11. We're open all night. It's a beautiful, romantic, hilarious story. Uh, that was one of my first Darwin Cook exposures, like reading a book and then going back and saying, like, who was the talented team behind this just to find out it was Darwin Cook. So in the, in the story, we have the Vulture and Spider-Man are fighting, and the Vulture takes out Spider-Man, and Spider-Man lands on the roof, and he makes that last-ditch effort to catch the Vulture, misses, falls, lands in a pile of garbage in an alleyway. And then now we go boom into the booming city. And here we are at the Daily Bugle. J. Jonah Jameson's just yelling at everybody, you stupid fool, go get this. And then all of a sudden here comes the new coffee boy. And, you know, he's, he's yelling, blah, blah, blah. Oh, hey, coffee boy, how are you? And, and everybody just loves this kid. You know, he might as well be like Jimmy Olsen for lack of a character name. Right. And so anyways, the kid's got to go get coffee, right? So he goes and he goes and gets coffee. And the guy who runs the coffee shop, Angus, is just this jerk, you know. He's like, oh, hey, it's you, paper boy. And he's like, all right, coffee boy, you know. And, and they're throwing out these zingers. And, of course, there's this beautiful waitress. And she's all hip, man. She's down. She's got cool hair. It's different colors. She's wearing trendy shirts and all this stuff. And she's just she's so cool, right? And, of course, Angus is trying to get with her. And she's like, hell no, dude, die, you know, like straight <laughs> up die, you know. And. So anyways, as the story goes, there's a little bit of flair of romance and whatnot. And we see these two women. One is like crazy, lives out of her handbag, adventurous, outspoken, in your face. And the other one's real shy and reserved, uh, soft-spoken, and just like, you know, a nice woman. Turns out they both have a date with Peter Parker on the same night, Valentine's Day. So they all meet at the coffee bean. And, of course, those two are like, well, I'm here for a date with Peter Parker. Peter Parker. And they start slashing each other and bashing each other. And, of course, Flash Thompson's there. And he's like, ha, ha, you all got stood up by Peter Parker. <laughs> and they're like, that jerk. We need to go to his house and yell at him. And then, of course, Peter Parker wakes up in the alleyway. And he's, he, you know, he, he sees a, our homeless guy. He's like, wake up or you're going to freeze. And Peter Parker's like, oh, God, no, I'm so out of it. And the guy's like, what did you do? Drink a lot at the costume party? And he's like, yeah, costume party. That's right. Uh, <laughs> no, I got beat up and they, 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 they took my wallet and they left me here. Is there any way I can get some of the clothes from your, your shopping cart? And he's like, well, if you give me that spider suit. So Spider-Man's got to give up a spider suit to some homeless guy for junk clothes. But he's got to do it because how else are you going to get home? Right. So as he gets home, the two women are there and they're fighting. And then they see Peter and they're like, you pig. How could you do this to us? Blah, 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 blah. Because they're the ones that actually asked him out. He didn't think about it because he was so distracted thinking about how to capture the vulture. So it's perfectly explained. He collapses. They're like, oh, Petey. And they save him. <laughs> and then, of course, when the coffee boy comes back and he's giving everybody their coffee back, well, Angus slipped laxatives into JJ's coffee. And JJ is all pissed off. And he's like, man, I got to deal with all this stupid stuff. And then on top of it, I got to go to the stupid opera. I had to put $300 down for these stupid opera tickets. And, of course, there's Marla, his wife. And she's like, stupid opera, huh? No, I didn't mean that. I love the opera. I love the <laughs> opera as much as I love you. The opera's so great. So she's mad. And he's like, oh. And as he walks off. And so she looks and she sees his coffee. And she's like, well, I like coffee. So she drinks it. Oh. So she's the one who's got the burpees. So now JJJ is like, all right. So he talks to the coffee boy. He's like, hey, did you do this? And he's like, no, I didn't. Who works at the coffee place? Angus does. Oh, I remember Angus. So he takes the cup of coffee, goes to the coffee shop. He's like, Angus, my boy. I haven't seen you in a while. It's a real shame. I just paid $300 to go to the opera with my wife and... She doesn't feel so good, but she was talking about how yummy this coffee was. It'd be a shame if it went to waste. Here, drink it. And it's just awesome because even JJ's not a dick in this comic. So it's a beautiful issue. So Spider-Man's Tangled Web, number 11. I just gave you the whole story, <laughs> but go read it. Go appreciate the art. And there's actually kind of like a sequel, uh, Spider-Man's Tangled Web, number 21. Go buy that one and read them too, and you're welcome. Darwin Cook, thank you. Thank you for everything. I mean, it was all beautiful. It all is still beautiful. Go out there, read his stuff. If you haven't read New Frontier, treat yourself. You know, this weekend, put your feet on the couch, 
read the comic, and if you got time, go watch the animated adaption of it. Yeah, Beautiful stuff. Definitely watch the animated adaption of it. Too. Yeah. And I guess my last story about Darwin Cook. <laughs> Sorry. Um, there was one year, I remember we all went to uh, uh, Comic-Con, and that was the year the spirit was big. Oh, man. The, the DC Comics just launched a spirit comic book written and drawn by Darwin Cook. Uh, Warner, no, God, I forget which company, but they were going to put out the big spirit movie. And so, of course, I'm excited. They got this big spirit panel, so I go in my three-piece spirit costume, fedora, mask, gloves. You know, it's looking – I think it looked good. I, uh, that was a dead-on <laughs> spirit costume. Yes, it looked good. You know? So I go up there, and, and they all lit up, man. It was so cool. It was this panel, right? So it's a, a spirit panel, and they had Darwin Cook, Dennis Kitchen, Ann Eisner, and those producers, <laughs> Michael, Michael Uslan and Deborah Del Pratt. So I felt so bad. So anyway, so I had this variant cover of the spirit. It was the second print cover. And I loved it because it's basically the spirit was back to the wall, kind of beat down. But he's like, all right, I'm going to get up and fight one more round. And so I, I saw Darwin Cook and I was like, hey, you know, just talking. I was like, well, would it be cool if you, you know, signed this? And he's like, yeah, man. And, and they were all just loving the costume. Yeah, they are like, we didn't think anybody would care about the spirit this much. And I was like, dude, I, the spirit, man. So he signs it. And then he hands it over to Ann Eisner. And she's just gushing. She's like, Will would have loved this. Oh, my God, you look like the spirit. Right there, that made my day. I was like, <laughs> oh, well, hello. <laughs> I need to hit the gym more. So anyways, I was like, man, this is awesome. So she signs it. She hands it to Dennis Kitchen. He signs it. And then it accidentally made it to the producers. And I felt bad because they kind of like, oh, did you want us to sign it? And I felt like turning around saying no, <laughs> but I didn't want to be rude. And I was like, yeah, if you want. So, of course, they signed it, too. But it was so funny because you could tell that there was so much distance between the comic book people, the people who care about Will and kept it true, and those producers. Ugh. But anyways, yeah. But, man, if you if you get a chance, go on YouTube, watch some, watch some interviews with Darwin Cook because he's got some great stories. He's a hilarious guy. Um, did you ever hear the story of what he did to Axel Alonso? No. The current EIC of Marvel? No. And this is surprising because as far as I've known, Axel Alonso's always been a cool guy. All right. So a couple years back, um, and this, I, I guess I shouldn't say a couple, like maybe probably like a decade plus because he hasn't worked at Marvel for a long time. So Marvel solicits him and they're like, hey, man, we want you to pitch us like an all ages Marvel book. So he did Marvel Age. I don't know if you remember those. They were the, 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 the reprint, not reprints, but they were like reimagined old stories in modern day. And they would have on the spine and it would say Marvel Age. And it was like a green, red, purple, mm -hmm. those things. So they were making these books, right? Well, he pitched it. He went and got the talent and he got all this stuff set up to do the book. And he, he builds this huge portfolio and takes it over to Marvel. And they eyeball it, and they're loving it. And they're like, yeah, all right, thank you, thank you. We'll be in touch. You know what we'll be in touch means? No, we won't. Mm -hmm. And then a couple months later, bam, here comes the solicits, Marvel Age. And he was so pissed. And I guess, like, after one of the cons, you know, he grabs a beer and walks up to Axel Alonso and just splashes it on him. Whoa. Splashes a beer on him, and he just gets right in his face about it. And he's like... You know, what kind of guy are you? Who does this kind of stuff? And that's why he wouldn't work for Marvel. Interesting. So crazy. So wow. what an awesome dude. Stood by his convictions. Yeah, he could be a dick sometimes, but you know what? At least he was a hard dick about it. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Darwin Cook, uh, an incredible man, incredible uh, artist. Uh, and definitely give, 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 his work some, give his work a look if you can. Um, but let's get – let's, let's – you know, get a little bit more <laughs> chipper around here. I mean, that's the sorrow. Hey, comic sorrow books thing, live but... on. Darwin's not up there moping. He's up there rocking it. He so is, let's do so... let's do him a favor and let's give him a good story, right? We have a write-in challenge, basically. Um, one of uh, one of the listeners that we got from from uh, the con, you know, has joined up and in uh, one T Brown has come and asked us and said, "Hey guys, uh, I have a request for an Imagine If episode." What would happen if the Transformers went into the DC Universe? How would each hero and villain react? Will uh, they cons consider Optimus Prime and his team of, and friends as his team as friends or foes? Uh, uh, about one another, and most importantly, how could, would Batman feel? <laughs> I mean, that actually is the most important because I mean, 
you would think that you know, however Batman oh, falls is the way the rest of the DC That's universe true. is most no, likely going to fall. Superman could be like, "This is my new best friend. I don't like him. Oh, this well, guy's an enemy." <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we can't be friends anymore. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but possible- his name's Martha. <laughs> Why did you say that name? <laughs> could there possibly be a Transformer Buster suit? And which I mean, I don't know how how well you remember your Transformers back in the day, but at one point, you know, there was. The, the headmasters part of Transformers where uh, a person would, a, a human being would be in the head of a Transformer and they would c- kind of control the Transformer. Oh, then that just makes it even easier to design. <laughs> just the thought uh, he had for a discussion. So it, I, I think that's a, that's a very incredible, I think, especially because I, I think now what, uh, Transformers is done by IDW? I believe so, if I remember correctly but last I, time. I know at one point in time Hasbro had a thing with um, uh, Marvel. Marvel made Transformers comic books. Yes. Okay, so Transformers has been kind of the, the comic book license, at least. It's been here, there, and everywhere. So, yes, at one point, Marvel Comics was producing um, their comics. But for the longest time, I'd say probably like a decade plus, they've been safe at home with the IDW comic book press universe, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend go and check out New Avengers Transformers. Um, I bought it on a whim. It was a four-issue miniseries. I said, ah, what the hell, why not? I loved it. It was fun. It was That's fun. exactly that what one. you need in comic books. Fun. And this was during the whole gloomy, like, Marvel, New Avengers versus Mighty Avengers, Fallout of Civil War. And they still made it awesome. It was great. It was so much fun. But uh, So anyways, yes, the Transformers with the DCU, it needs to happen. You know why? Because it'd be fun. <laughs> Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles just wrapped. Go read it. It was fun. So yeah, dude, totally. Um, all right. You, you ready for it? Here's an idea I got. So back in the day, um, Hal Jordan quit Ferris Aircraft because him and Carol weren't working out. And he's like, I can't. I can't fly planes with your name on it. You know, like I'm going to be thinking about you all the time. So he, he took odd jobs. And one of the biggest odd jobs that he had was he was a truck driver. You know where we're going, uh, right? Uh. So, of course, you know, one day he's out there and like, hey, hey, what are you doing right now, Hal? Oh, nothing. Boy. What do you need me to do? We need you to take this truck back home, all right? Go take that red rig over there. Yep, that red rig. <laughs> so here you go. Earth's Green Lantern with his Green Lantern ring in tow. Hops on in. Of course, we'll, we'll, we'll put a little, a little foolishness here. Hal forgot to charge his ring. Why not? So that's why there's no detecting right away. So he gets inside the rig and he's driving it. Man, this, this rig handles really nice for it looking so, you know, shot and old. That's weird. All right, whatever. You know, meanwhile, on the other side, you know, let's start off with, gosh, because I'm trying to think now, now. What do you got? Who who do you think we should put? Uh, um, oh God, I can't think of the bad guy's name. Um, the like gun. Megatron. Megatron. Where should Megatron land? Megatron. Being if if you went back to back in time to Generation One, Megatron, and he was able to, he turned into a handgun and stuff like that. Oh yes. I think. Yes, uh, yes, yes. I think it would be really interesting if if, if I think he would it'd be really interesting if he if he ended up in the hands of Lex Luthor. I was thinking Lex, but you know I want to throw this one by you. Let's put him in the hands of Deadshot. That would be pretty incredible too. You know, all of a but, sudden, but you know, Deadshot and Deathstroke both like both have had their times as villains, but now they're kind of anti-heroes. Well, but see, we've got a Suicide Squad, but okay. But here's the pitch. Here's the sales pitch on it. Okay, somebody finds this gun, right? All right, it's obviously unique. Even the way it was drawn, it was a unique looking gun. Mm-hmm. All right, hey, let's put that on the collector's market. Hey, Fair enough. maybe maybe that's something we never knew about. How about this? You know? How about Vandal Savage? Oh, I mean, I like it just because it's not Luther. All right, I'll go with it. I'll get, you got Vandal. So Vandal's got this gun, and you know Vandal's going to tell. It's not It's not. It's right. not of this world. Right, because he's, he's, he's almost not of, the, not yeah. of this world now. Yeah, I mean, he's totally after, out there. After being a Neanderthal that's been living forever yep. from space. Yeah, okay. All right, so we got Hal's driving the rig. He's brushing his teeth inside it, you know, does a little hock to and then all of a sudden you kind of see the spit. Somehow just gets thrown out of the rig because nobody spits on Optimus Prime, right? <laughs> so Hal's kind of like doing a double take. What the hell just happened? All right. Oh, speaking of weird things, I forgot to charge my ring. Pulls it out just because I want to say the oath. In brightest day and blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evils might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. Bam. Ready for another 24 hours of action at your service. Beep, beep, beep. Warning. Alien life form detected. The hell's going on with my ring? What's this all about? All of a sudden, boom, Optimus Prime just transforms, spits Hal out of his guts, and he's in a fighting pose. All of a sudden, Hal's just like, 
What did I just witness? All right, we got a little bit of Optimus Prime, Hal Jordan action fight going on. So now where where you're at right now, I would I think because since the fact that you're you you brought you're using the Green Lantern, which means we have the Green Lantern Corps. Yep. Why wouldn't Cybertron have been part of the Green Lantern Corps? Why is there there, there more than likely there would have been a sector? Uh, uh, you know that that the Green Lanterns were supposed to uh, to protect uh, Cybertron, right? Uh-huh. So there's a thing called the Matrix of Leadership, right? That, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Each each uh, Prime has, or the, whoever's leading the Auto, Autobots usually has. So what if in the DC universe the the lead, the, the Matrix of Leadership is actually a, a a Green Lantern uh, battery. Oh, so when it first showed up on the se- sector that Cybertron exists in, that first uh, per- leader was actually being chosen to be a Green Lantern, but they didn't quite it didn't quite work that way because it was a it was a, a planet of robots. So we, they changed it and used it as a power source to be the leader of the, of the Autobots. Dude, I, I like it. I don't know if the fan, the Transformers I mean, fans, because they're going to be like, you just changed our whole history for the better. <laughs> I'm not saying I changed it for because trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge auto, or Transformers fan since back in the day, and I'm a big Green Lantern fan. I just think it's a nice little change to, to put the two together. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, the, matri- the matri- Matrix of Leadership doesn't look green. But in the DC universe, maybe it does. Well, but that's where the neat part is. That's the outer casing is how it does it. There this you is, go. This is the outer casing that harnesses the power because, okay, we could play with some stuff. We've seen Manhunter robots take a Green Lantern ring, and what could they imagine? Zeros and ones. Right. So maybe an Autobot can't have the willpower and imagination that a humanoid uh, you know, a, a flesh-like being has. So that's where they were like, okay, well, this battery's here. We don't want to let it go to waste. So we build an adapter. And we go. put it in there and bada bing. All right, I like that because I'm going to tuck that in my hat. I'm going to save that for a little <laughs> bit later here. So, all right, boom. So they're kind of standing there because now, and let, let, let's do something crazy here. You know, why is Optimus Prime on this, you know, on this scare? Well, because they've been attacked by beings of light before. So this is where the Sinestros are going to kind of come <laughs> in here. So, oh, man, I should have had the gun go to Sinestro. But don't worry. Sinestro can go to the gun because he can go to Vandal <laughs> Savage because why not? Why not? So anyway, so yeah, so, you know, Hal eventually is kind of like, he, he comes, you know, Optimus Prime down. He's like, hey, man, I'm a Green Lantern. I'm a Green Lantern. I'm not, you know, crazy or anything. We're going to be okay. So, of course, you know, all right, man. Well, hey, it sounds like, you know, so Optimus Prime explains his situation. Like, hey, we're stranded here on Earth. You know, we were attacked by fellow uh, Cybertronians. Cybertrons. Cybertronians. Cybertronians. And, you know, we're just we're just trying to do good. Justice League Transformers team up. <laughs> I like it. And then, and then you have at this crucial <laughs> battle where it looks like, uh, you know, the the Justice League and the and and uh, uh, the Transformer or the Autobots are losing to the Decepticons and and um, the Sinestro Corps. If that's what yeah. team you want to go against, all of a sudden, like Hal figures it out that the the Matrix of Leadership is actually a battery. So what does he do? He teaches Optimus to say the, say the oath, which the Cybertronians have never done. So at that one moment, you know, it's a boost of extra power that just like supercharges Optimus, and boom, they win. God, can you imagine how cool that Optimus Prime is going to look? So replace the red with green, <laughs> right? Okay, and his Autobot symbol is going to be the Green Lantern symbol. Well, it's got to be like a mixture of the two. All right, yeah. Well, we could. Yeah, okay. I like that. Well, I, we artist, we're calling on you. Okay, <laughs> um, and then the, like the blue legs, they're going to be like either that black or that grayish, depending on how they draw it. Yeah, and you got to give them the green boots. He's going to have the white fist, and and you could put the the the, the black outlines on him. Oh man! And then because of that, GL Optimus <laughs> Prime. Bro, that would be crazy. GL Prime. <laughs> but because of that, uh, you know, big burst of energy right there, it calls upon the rest of the. The rest of the Green Lantern Corps. And what's the, the robot Green Lantern? Ro- oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, Brits or whatever? No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, yeah, I'll pull but, him up. Yeah, I, know, I, know there, I know there is the one. So I wonder how he would react. He'd be like, whoa, there are more of us out there? You know, kind of thing. Dude, and you know how awesome that is as a spinoff book? The Search. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would be pretty incredible. So I love... The, the fact that uh, T. Brown went and set, sent this in uh, for us to to go over what an incredible uh, what an incredible storyline that could definitely be and I wonder you know if if IDW and and, and uh, 
DC would work together to do that. Well, they should. I mean, like, there, there's been so much, like, they've been having real good success. You know, they, they had... they did uh, the Green Lantern Star Trek book, right? Yep, they did Green Lantern Star Trek, which actually was a good read. That's I'm what not, I've heard. I'm not a major... Um, Star Trek fan. Star Trek fan, so I read it. But it did some awesome stuff with the emotional spectrum. Batman and Turtles, which was just fun. You know, like I, I was and hoping for a moment between like, you know, get the four Robins and the four Turtles and kind of have them like, you know, pair off. You know, Donatello and Tim Drake. Like they right. could have an awesome conversation. Be, yeah. You know, Steel. That was the, the Green Lantern robot. Steel. Yeah. STL. So, yeah, he totally like, all right, let's let's roll out. And yeah. He takes off with the, the, them and helps them find their home. Uh, well, who who's the turtles by? Who what company owns the turtles? Well, right now I believe. Well, this one they're still through IDW, if I remember correctly. The turtles are, yeah, IDW. Well, there you go. They so already have you, a history. You've got you know those two companies are working it. Well, because that's where even Star Trek is right now. They're with IDW. Oh, so since Marvel and DC really aren't playing, hey, this is how you do it. You get those two, um, you get those two working together, and there you go. So we had we talked a lot about Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, but the the question specifically asked. What would uh, Batman think of the the Transformers? Well, okay, so when you have that, I want that moment. You know what? We got to mix in there because obviously there's going to be a Justice League. There's a Justice League party. You got to have an Earth battle. So with uh, Vandal Savage having Optimus Prime the gun, because not Optimus Prime. Sorry, oh forgive me. Uh, with having Megatron, Megatron the gun, <clears throat> you know, let, let's 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 have you know some some team up action going. Let's get some of the bad guys together. So we'll have our, our, our Justice League, a couple of their evil counterparts with Vandal Savage and some of the Decepticons, the Justice League and some of them. So I want a moment where Batman has to get into Blue Beetle. Not Blue Beetle. Why am I? With uh, Bumblebee. Bumblebee, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I should, No, forget that. I want Blue Beetle and Bumblebee. There you go. I like that idea a lot. <laughs> that right there. My, my, my mouth knew better than my mind. We gotta, if you could draw, give me a drawing of uh, Blue Beetle riding up in a, in a Bumblebee. That'd be awesome. Um, but anyway, so but I do want that moment. So actually, that's how it's going to work. Batman and, and Ted Cord, they're kind of like, hey, we got to fix this, but we got to get over there to do it. And here comes Bumblebee. Like, dude, straight up. It turns into the little bug, and then Batman's just riding shotgun, just pissed off. This is so stupid. I would, but oh, go ahead. Well, it's just like if you could, fig- you know, how we saw in the in the various movies that they can really just change uh, which which card shape they look like uh, at whim, kind <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah. It'd be great if we could, like, maybe not Bumblebee, but you know. Maybe Sideswiper. Basically, one of the Autobots sees the Batmobile and then decides to change himself into the Batmobile. Oh, you know, I would love... So, like, dude, put Starscream. As the Batmobile? Yeah. Like, let the Batmobile get corrupted. So, at first, that's where, like, Batman's like, screw these things. They're just like any other thing, alien stuff. You can't trust it. But when he meets the good kind-heartedness of Bumblebee, that's when he's like... I was wrong. Yeah. They're just like anybody else. They all have potential. They're either good. They can be potential for good and potential for evil. Yep. So, yeah, there you go. Batman, as Batman would be, would be untrusting at first, but would eventually see them doing good. I mean, he would definitely have to see a Transformer uh, sacrificing itself for the better of mankind, which would be the even bigger thing because it's not even their own kind. It'd be... It'd be helping out mankind, yep. and well, we would do it. Yeah, well, I'd love to have a scene like, oh, what was the name of the guy who, well, I always liked Jazz, you know, but I would give this one to the one that would always, um, the one that would turn into the ambulance. Do you remember his name? Um, Lifeline? No, that might have been this, the, 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 the um, whatchamacallit, um, oh, God, that was the G.I. Joe. I think Ratchet, maybe. Ratchet, I think, sounds right. Yeah, because I mean, so, you think an ambulance would, was is to help, and a person that a mechanic would be would help a, a ah, transformer. So I think I, like that, that. I think it was Ratchet. I never made that connection that way. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, no, I want to see. I always liked Ironhide. Oh, oh, he was kind of like the 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 next in line, or not? He was always like uh, Optimus's like right hand man. So I was always like, you know, his like. I don't want to say general because Optimus would be the general. So I think he would be more like his. His night. I don't know. I need to watch Transformers the animated movie. It's been so long. Oh, I love the animated movie. Ah, it's been so long since I've watched any Transformers stuff. Thank you. Thank you for this suggestion because I'm going to be watching some Transformers <laughs> coming soon here. But uh, but no, anyways, going back to it. So Ratchet, totally there's going to be a moment where you know he's trying to save some people. And of course, they all get crushed, right? And then, bam, here comes his ambulance barreling out. And he's got those people in there. And it's like, even though he's hurt, 
he still is going to be like, nope, I got to get these people to safety. Exactly. And, you know, that would be just a great moment where it's like, hey, you know, this guy's doing it. You there know? you go. So that, there you go. That's a, a little bit of a mini challenge. I thought we, and we did, uh, you know, something that uh, I think we came up with a pretty good idea for a story. So once we get done writing our uh, magic civil war for Marvel, <laughs> we'll, watch, we'll do our Transformers uh, JLA crossover, which uh, I think will be pretty incredible. Especially, like, you have to think about if we can do some research on some of the female Transformers, because you don't see a lot of the... All, the only female Transformer I remember is RC, but, you know, would she team up with Black Canary, or would she team up with, with Wonder Woman? Ooh. You know, I think I like Black Canary, just because I feel like Black Canary would appreciate a car that goes fast and some racing elements to it. <laughs> there you go. You know, yeah, you're right, like, you're right. Wonder Woman's like, well, I've got an invisible got- <laughs> jet or something like that, you know? She's like, I don't, you know, I, my transportation's different. But Black Canary would totally be the one who's like, let's pop open this hood. Oh, my God. Actually, look, at the, look at the mechanics behind this. I can't remember if RC turned into a car or a motorcycle. I think she turned into a motorcycle. In the- oh, that'd be even better. Yeah, right? That would be even better. So there you go. For those of you who don't know, Black Canary is a character that's been around for a long time, <laughs> not replaced by her sisters or, you know, half-dead clones or whatever. And she used to be an awesome kick-ass chick who rode a motorcycle, too. <laughs> so there you go. Transformers in the JLA. Uh, get on it. You know you want to hear it, too, so <laughs> you want to read it, too. Yes. <laughs> But then now we've come up to our challenge. Tell us a little bit about, right, uh, basically what my challenge was for this week was uh, Booster Gold right after, what was it, Christ, uh, not, uh, uh, 52, well, it happened during 52, which was after Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis, thank you. So after Infinite Crisis gets picked up by Rip Hunter, and and, and Booster Gold's like, you know, I want to be this hero, I want people to remember me, I want... I want this, uh, you know, I'm going to turn a, a, a leaf. I'm not going to be this corporate sponsor anymore, but I, I want to be a great hero. And Booster Gold, or not Booster, but Rip Hunter's like, I need you to come with me and be a hero that no one knows about. Yeah, the exact opposite. Right. <laughs> it's like, you're going to be a hero, but not for, for people to know this. Right, you know? <laughs> exactly. So uh, he takes him, he pulls him into the time stream. You're going to go around, you're going to help me correct uh, things that, uh, I think the first storyline is Predegadon? I forget. I think, yeah, I don't think he was the first. um, Oh, God, it's been a while since I've read it because it was the aftermath of the worm guy. Yes, that's right. um, Uh, Oh, well, okay. I know Booster wanted to fix Ted Cord because he's like, no way am I letting my best friend die that way. And, you know, uh, Rip was like, you can try, but you're not going to have success because that's where they even revisited the whole uh, killing joke. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't remember the over. Right, because he, he, he told them go in there and save Barbara Gordon from getting yep. getting uh, crippled, and he does it was like like a hundred sometimes. Oh god! And yeah. every time he, he's unsuccessful, he's like yep. to the point where he almost died. <laughs> a point in time happens; it's going to happen. Yeah. So that was pretty. I remember that part of that story. That was a really great story. So basically, what I said: I want you to go in the Marvel universe. I want you to grab one hero, make him the hero that no one knows about. Uh, and then uh, tell me who it is that takes him out of the time timeline to do this to him, and and basically what would be his first uh, his first storyline. All right, so here we go. <laughs> so I was gonna do this, and I was like, oh, it already exists. Cyclops and Cable. I mean, <laughs> come on, where is Cyclops right now? Everybody's saying he's dead. I'm saying he's off saving Marvel. You. So bummer. I couldn't give my favorite character the shot in the arm. So I was like, all right, <laughs> let's see here now. I, I, I came up with I actually came up with a story I like and I think you would dig this. So I've kinda got two pitches. So one of my pitches is I'm gonna call it Web Warriors. So I'm gonna take over the Web Warriors book. So basically, who's the greatest spider hero that we don't know about anymore? Kane. Ben Riley. Close. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> By Kane, I <laughs> the K is silent. <laughs> but Ben Riley. Yeah. So check it out. After the Secret War History's changed, right? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So we have, uh, for some reason, there's a situation. Well, okay, I'll I'll give it to, I'll I'll credit Kane. Kane felt so horrible about killing Ben Riley that he took some RNA, which is your your, your DNA of your memory, your your replicas, and he put it into a Ben Riley body. Bam. So that's why they're not necessarily registering the same, but he has all that. So for all intents and purposes, Ben Riley is back in the current Marvel U. Now, Spider-Man 2099 is here. He's right now. Right. Why is he here? What's his mission? Well, he doesn't know. 
But all of a sudden, he starts getting these visions. The web of life is corrupted. And the corrupter is Madam Web. We thought she was good, but no, she's not. That sounds really familiar. <laughs> Just saying. It's going to get better, though. <laughs> okay. You know, well, okay, yeah, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been tugging along. <laughs> Source credits. <laughs> but so anyways, so he, he all of a sudden he starts, you know, realizing something. And then his memories, you know, he, he's kind of noticing something. They don't correlate to things. You know, like, well, wait a minute. I thought this happened. I thought that happened. So... He can't really track anything down because he's in the past. Nothing exists. So obviously we, we have a team of web warriors right now and they're like alternate universe, you know, happenings and whatnot. So he decides to hitch a ride with them for a while. And luckily on one of his adventures, he manages to, to get into a future world. And so he checks and he finds out that, you know, he's dead there. And he's like, okay, well, let me check this out. So he's checking out like his, his bio, you know, and he's reading about himself. Turns out he's a descendant of O'Reilly. Oh. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I always thought I was an O'Hara. O'Reilly? O'Reilly, that's weird. Why does Riley strike a name? But this is O'Reilly. So he's kind of, all right, this is, this is strange and whatnot. So, again, the, the visions are starting to tug more and more and more. So off panel, he's going to discover that Ben Riley's his dad. Not oh. his dad, but like his great-great-grandfather. Somewhere down the line. You know, so he's like, oh, my God. So the reason why it can't always be Peter Parker is because Peter Parker's too obvious. We need somebody who's going to work in the shadows. We need somebody who can do the job without being seen. And that's why it has to be Ben Riley, because the Scarlet Spider lived on. Kane took over that mantle. Spider-Man 2099, he's out there. Spider-Man is out there. We need somebody else. We need a whole brand new identity. Okay, so that's where now Miguel O'Reilly is starting to put the pieces together. He knows they've got to stop Madam Web. All right, Web Warriors, it's time to regroup and it's time to do this right. We have to go find Ben Riley. So this now that you know six issues, he's kind of putting it together. Boom! It, he finally gets his mission and his cause. The next couple of issues, they're going out there, they're finding Ben Riley. But the, the the trouble is Ben Riley's dead. So they're like, well, how are we going to find him? He's a dead man. We can't find him. Well, they realize, oh wait a minute, you know, like they they go to Kane, the next best thing, and Kane's like, holy shit, you know, like. I brought him back to life. I did it just so he could have his own peace of mind. And now this is where it's going to tug at your heartstrings. <laughs> so do you remember that Gwen Stacy clone, clone that existed? And she was the one that was the, the legit clone, and she actually left Peter Parker. She's like, you're not the man I fell in love with. Right. I'm not the woman you fell in love with. And she left. Mm-hmm. Well, guess who found her? Ben Riley. Oh. And guess who's having a good life finally? <laughs> ben Riley. Yeah, they're clones, but who cares? We're happy. We're doing our thing. Well... Through circumstances unknown, she gets killed. Why? Because somebody is figuring out that somebody's changing the web of life. She can't have that happen. She gets so, killed because Gwens aren't allowed to stay alive. Well, <laughs> right now they are. They're very popular. Well, I'm, I'm actually skating on thin ice with Marvel by threatening a Gwen. <laughs> Who's that knocking on your door, Mitch? It's a cease and desist. That's oh, a, shit. That's a, that's a Marvel men in black yeah. right there. Uh, but so anyway, so on the attack... Gwen is the one who gets killed. So, you know, Ben Riley is like, oh, oh, hell no. I can't believe you did this. Now, the hard part I'm having is how do I, you know, what kind of name can I give him or something like that? Best I could come up with was Arachnid. You know, so I was just, so that's going to be his new code name. He's going to have this cool, like, like. I really like that negative zone Spider-Man suit they did. So it looks like the classic Spider-Man, but it's black and gray. Okay. So I want to do that, but with the Scarlet Spider suit. So that's how his costume would look. Like, so it's got those black and grays to it. Because, again, he's he's to the shadows. He's never going to be in the forefront. Now, do you mean like torn up sweatshirt Scarlet Spider suit? Yeah. Because oh, okay. that's what I always think of when I think of my Scarlet Spider. Because well, like, when he was Spider-Man, he did have the Spider-Man costume. You know, but, right? But then they started calling the the that new Iron Man armor that he got. Oh, that's from true. The Scarlet Spider. They started calling that the Scarlet Spider. Well, they've had well, Scarlet Spider. The name has because did all right, did you read? Well, you know, Kane took over, right? Right. Yeah. Kane took over as Scarlet Spider. Mm-hmm. So you know, but this one, and that's why I got to give him a different code name. Okay. So like I said, the best I can come with is Rackton. But his costume would be based off the the, the red bodysuit with the the blue sweatshirt, and. Um, so, you know, it'd be the negative version of it. So the blacks and the whites on it and stuff like that. Or the blacks and the grays. 
So that's what I had. But again, I kind of was like, well, this is this is this is a little too mainstream. I got to do something deeper. So I dug into the history, into my my my, my deep deep seated chest of Marvel <laughs> universe. So here's what I got. You ever heard of uh, Vance Astro? Yes. All right. Now, which one? Now, the one I've always heard of is, um, isn't he uh, Major something? Yes. Major, uh, oh, I can't remember now. I remember he he was part of something with a V, right? Yeah. Uh, let me see. I got to pull it up Not now. Major Victory. That was the thing from Who Wants to Be a Superhero, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh dang it. I but I know him. he was also like the inner, the, the cosmic, like, Captain America or something like that too, wasn't he? Pretty much, yeah. So he he got picked up in, oh, sorry, phone. He got picked up by the Guardians of the Galaxy, and um, they were like, "Well, what, what what can we do with this guy?" You know. Um, so he basically, so his story is very bemuddled. Um, still trying to find his major victory. Okay, it was major victory. Was it victory? Yeah, it was okay. major victory. So all right, so. The premise was we have Vance Astrovic. So Vance Astrovic is just some kid in the Marvel Universe. Um, he originally got mutant powers, and he has, like, basic telekinesis, and he went on to become Marvel Boy, who went on to become Justice, Justice. of the New Warriors. That was the other one that I remember him being. But he also, in another alternate timeline, became Vance Astro, and he became a, a spaceman, uh, an astronaut, and <clears throat> somehow in space he got, I don't I forget... I forget how it was. Um, something happened. So, anyways, he got Cosmic knocked off. Yeah. Well, no, but he actually got sent way into like the future, and that's how he teamed up with the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Because the original Guardians of the Galaxy, they were actually future police people who would come back in time and help out. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he has the Captain America shield because in the future there is nobody to wield it, so he he has it. So, anyways, that character Major Victory has never had nothing to do with the Marvel U. So. I'm going to beef him up. He finally found a purpose. He is the Rip Hunter. And now the best part is he's changed his own history. He's tweaked it. Like he went back because obviously he did it the first time. That's why we have two Vances in the future. So he's changed his history to the point where even he doesn't know it. You know, he's kind of like, what the hell have I become? So he's just major victory. He knows he used to at one point be a man, Vance Astro. Now in the current Marvel U, Justice doesn't really have much going for him. He used to be a big part of the initiative. He was part of the Avengers Academy, one of their teachers. Well, that's all kind of falling apart. Nobody really cares about it. Nobody really cares about justice. You know, anytime he tries to do anything, they're like, oh, you're that guy who killed your alcoholic dad. Oh, you're part of the New Warriors. You're responsible for that incident at Stanford. Mm -hmm. He wasn't part of that team, you know. So all his life has ever been is crap. (laughs) Right now it's all crap. Firestars left him. You know, so he doesn't have much going for him. Now, that's the unfortunate picture I'm going to paint him in. And that's why he's become a pitch man. A nod to Booster Gold. You know, he's like, hey, you know, it's great for uh, getting all the costume or the getting all the, the nasty stuff out of your costumes. You know, and he's just, Oxy-clean. you know, oxyclean. You know, he's 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 a pitch man, you know, and it's like, don't worry. This product's going to do so well. It'll do justice by you. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so cheesy. Right. <laughs> well. You know, he's had opportunities to step up and do the right thing, be a hero, but he can't. So Vance, Astro, Astrovic, is just kind of like, oh, man, I feel bad because this is an element of me. And he's not doing anything. He's, he's just not there. So that's when he's like, all right, I need this guy. I need his help. And obviously it's kind of a, a shout out to himself. So he, 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 had, he, he picks him up and he's like, look, I need you for part of this team. I need you to step it up. I need you to find the real hero that was within you. And so that's where he's going to go from justice to I'm going to give him the cool name. Are you ready? He's going to become Marvel. Just straight up Marvel. No Marvel boy, no Marvel man, no Captain Marvel. This is just Marvel. That's how he's going to be because he's going to be a freaking Marvel. So he's going to go out there. So he's going to go after and start attacking these things. And, of course, as the series progresses, I actually will have it that at that point by them separating and become two different entities, justice by staying in the present will be the father of uh, Major Victory. So that kind of ties back into your dad element. It's a stretch, <laughs> but that's how I'm going to write it. I'm going to put it in there. Now, who's the big threat that they've got to face? Well, it's funny that we were talking about him a little while ago, Dr. Doom. Because remember when Dr. Doom went in the future during right, uh, right, Doom right. 2099? Uh-huh. That's my villain. I'm going to take that Doom, 
Doom 2099 because he knew when that timeline was going to collapse, he's like, oh, fuck, no, I am not dying. So he he just alienates himself, uproots, and he's, he's saved. So one of his henchmen, I'm going to take Ravage 2099 because Ravage doesn't want to die. So these are your these are your bad guys. So at first we just see Ravage totally attacking and everybody's going to be like, Ravage, he used to be a good guy. He used to be a hero. He was created by Stan Lee. What's going on? And so that's who we think the bad guy is, but the real super boss behind this will be Doom 2099. And so obviously what's going to be neat is when the big saga is coming down. And I like how there's a symmetry to this because you have Marvel and Major Victory. And obviously our Dr. Doom is going to come in because he's going to be like, oh, fuck no. I don't want this Doom 2099 <laughs> bullshit. And so the three of them are going to converge on Doom and they're going to are Doom 2099 and they're going to end them. So that's my big baddie. So what do you think? I like it. Uh, so the Spider-Man stuff was also something that you were thinking and you dropped that's it. That's what I was going to do and I was thinking about it. <laughs> so you were, like, you, oh, were thinking, so you were thinking Cyclops and, and, and Cable and you dropped that. And then you went through this whole thing with Spider-Man and then you dropped that and you came to major victory. All right. Yep. Very interesting. <laughs> There's my trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's very cool. I love, I love the idea of uh, you know using that character who really is underused and, and obviously they've tried many times to try and do something with him. So... Uh, why not pull another uh, rebirth like we've done? We've done Heck already. Yeah, let's and, give him a fair shot. Give him a fair shot. Uh, I guess that would bring me to mine right now. So, mine uh, instead of a, a, a superhero that was that is uh, well, let me let me tell you who who my rip hunter is first. Uh, I kind of copped I, I copped out a little bit because there's not too many time travelers that I was familiar this with. This is true. Time travel in the Marvel U is tough. I thought it'd be easy. I almost at one point considered Bishop. Not not a bad not a bad idea. Uh, no, I'm not going to go with that. Uh, <laughs> good, good point. Good idea. <laughs> my cop out is I'm going to go with King the Conqueror because All right. because he like I know normally we see him he's he's a villain he's the Avengers villains and stuff but the one time we saw him he became Iron Lad yep. and he was uh, he was a hero and he put together. Uh, a team of young heroes, the young, the young Avengers, yep. which consisted with the first team considered of him, Eli Bradley as a what was uh, it? Well, Patriot, Patriot, uh, Hulkling, Hulkling, uh, Wiccan, and uh, was that it? Well, Kate Bishop and, came and, along as well, the new but, Hawkeye, but she didn't come along until a little afterwards. That's true. A couple issues after. Stature too long. was Stature. the, other, the girl. Uh, Stature. So I feel like there's one. Well. Vision's kind of weird on that team because he yeah, came yeah, from after the came, fact. Yeah, he came after the fact because he yeah. was part of Iron Lad and Con- Gang the Conqueror yeah. and, and then also Vision. So uh, this would be a version that would be after Iron Lad before he becomes the ultimate King the Conqueror. Uh-huh. So that's somewhere in there. So he has the memories of Iron Lad. So he's got that hopefulness, that youthfulness. Right, exactly. That, that free spirit. All and right. the, the whole, I'm not going to become evil. I'm going to do whatever I can to not be evil. So he's got that, and uh, he's gone to the end of time, or close to the end of time, and he, he realized that there is an evil there, a very big evil that's even bigger than Kang the Conqueror himself. Ooh. Is it a Mortis? <laughs> it's not. Because Mortis is also Kang. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. Uh, but no, it's not him. It's not, not any iteration of him. Uh, but it could be using his technology. So... What he does is he goes and he finds a person that he trusts, someone that he knows will will go will 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 trust him too in in return, and he gets Eli Bradley, he gets Patriot. All right. So the thing is, is that Patriot when he first came became Patriot, Eli Bradley, he, he uh, we we all remember basically his grandfather was uh, was Isaiah Bradley, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so a, I, Captain he's, America. He's the one. The he's one of the first Captain Americas after Steve Rogers or before Steve Rogers. However, you read that story, uh, but he was the he was during World War II that was experimented on, and during that uh, Red, White, and Truth storyline. Yep. So uh, he really wanted to bring. He wanted he wanted people to know that there was his 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 grandfather was a hero. Or, you know, he wanted to bring things to light. He wanted to show that there was an injustice that happened here. And that was, like, instead of the, the hero that wants to be known for the selfish reasons, he was the hero that wanted to be known for the selfless reasons. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. I like so, that twist. I like that. But like but that. this is where, where the Iron Lad, King the Conqueror character comes in. He goes, I'm going to pull you out, and people aren't going to get to know who you are because you're, you're going to be the hero that no one knew about. 
So being the fact that he's still here, I don't know exactly what, what's happening with him right now in the, in the Marvel U in general. If he's being used or if he's not being used, I think the last time I saw him, he was part of the 51 initi- or 52 initiative uh, being placed somewhere. I don't remember where. Yeah, in, in terms of current Marvel U, I don't think he's – I think he's up for grabs. So. so there you go. So he's, he says, look, you know, there's someone going through the timeline and he's, man- he's manipulating things. And not only does he have the technology to do it, he's also a geneticist. So he's, he's messing with people's genes. Ooh. Like throughout time, doing experiments, corrupting uh, family lines. Is he the one who's turning the mutants into hu- <laughs> in humans? <laughs> so we finally get there. He takes him out of the timeline, and he finally they finally catch up to him. And he's using Kang Kang technology to travel through time. He's someone that does, that already doesn't exist in the six one six universe. He's not supposed to be there. Ooh, I like that mystery. <laughs> so I. So who it is, it, it, at first you see the silhouette of him. It's very familiar. like, oh, my God, it can't be him. He's a good guy. But then when, you, when, you, when he turns around and you see him, it's Dark Beast. It's the Grey Beast from the, from the Age of Apocalypse story. Now, line, just to right? give you a heads up, though, they did kill him recently. Well. But that doesn't mean Jack Diddley. <laughs> All right, good. I like this. I like this. <laughs> Screw your comic book rules. I like it. That's rule number one. Throw the rules out. <laughs> so there you go. That's they're, they're basically Eli Bradley as Patriot. Or, you know, maybe give him a different name so that uh, Patriot doesn't show up in, in any uh, books or anything like that, any timelines. I didn't come up with an actual new name for him or anything like that but with I like the revolutionary the revolutionary that came to mind because it still holds to that whole patriot but it it also shows that it's like hey we're not going to take this lion down there's an injustice we're going to stand up and do something there about you it. go so yeah, yeah thank you that, that, that's that's uh that's perfect you know and, he, and he's there and he's 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 helping kang chase down dark beast I mean, who are these two young young superheroes going to do against uh, uh the, such a formidable foe that you know he's able to not only fake his death, <laughs> but now he's traveling through time, changing DNA because he's he's a geneticist. I mean, oh, he's, yeah. he's he's gonna he's gonna pull things like that. Well, could you imagine? Like, I, I honestly, like, I'm really enamored with your villain because, okay, Dark Beast is a horrible monster. Oh, very much. I so. mean, like Hank McCoy is such a lovable guy. And this Hank McCoy from the Age of Apocalypse is a super dick. <laughs> He's horrible. So, like, could you imagine now you give him a time machine? Right. I mean, Jesus, okay, what did our lovable Hank do? <laughs> he went back in time and brought back the 05. <laughs> what does this horrible Hank do? I don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want to I mean, know. I mean, you're going to find out something like, it turns out, like, he'll be the one responsible for being like, oh, I made Professor X and Magneto genuine brothers. I mixed their DNA, and I also took out their mutant elements. So I crippled the mutant, you know, cause because I took away its two greatest leaders, and I bonded them through brotherhood. So they're never going to attack each other they, fiercely or whatnot. There could you know? be some storyline story where, like, uh, 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 Eli Bradley has to, like, basically stops him from corrupting uh the the summer's dna back you know back before uh um corsair oh you know it could be fun guess who gave steve rogers polio and this one hits home for for bradley you know he's gotta be like i i gotta save cap yep oh dude i like it i like that there you go. And I like it because, I mean, you got ties to everybody. You got X-Men ties. You got Captain America ties, which leads to Avengers ties, Young Avengers ties. That's awesome. I like how that's really integrated in the Marvel U. Yep. And then, like, to me, his sacrifice, Eli's sacrifice would be that people don't – his mission, not only to save people, but was to bring notice to, like, the fact that there was other – people other than captain america during world war ii and he can't do that now i feel like uh you're gonna like a couple story arcs later you're gonna have like a d-man mission <laughs> you know who the greatest hero was <laughs> d-man d-man that's right there's gonna be a statue of d-man put, posted up at the vanishing point i like how it's uh in, in the dc universe you have that statue of superman after he died with the eagle exactly you'll have d-man <laughs> when he's holding up like a chicken or something you're like i found dinner <laughs> So there you go. That's the end of my. This was my challenge. So this now we need to hear your challenge for that for our next uh, imaginative. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna reference a comic book moment. So I recently this was kind of cool. I got a copy of What If Volume One Number One, 
the very first what if, dude. I'm so excited, especially in our line of work. This is great for, you know, I can't, I'm going to hang this one up on a plaque. I got it for 99 cents and it's wow. in good shape. Nobody wow. was bidding on this. Holla friggin' Louie. <laughs> so what if number one, volume one, the premise was, what if Spider-Man did join the Fantastic Four? So that's what I want you to do. I want you to go back into the Silver Age DCU and I want you to take one of a popular character and I want you to put him on a team. So it could be anything. It's as wild as you want to take it. It's as wild as you want to make it. So go ahead. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Another Imagine If in the bag. Uh, remember to put some boards in there and also, you know, keep them in good condition. Yep. But uh, <laughs> that's it for this week. Um, I am on Twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Chris? See, I am on the Twitters as stuff I should say. Should is being spelled S-H-U-D, so you can reach me there. I'm sure I'll get notified eventually through my cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's true. Very true. Uh, and if you want to talk to Geek Elite Radio, it's at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, and Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page. Uh, GeekEliteRadio.com is our, is our website where you can check out some of our other podcasts on the network, and also some of uh, some of our archived podcasts from this. Imagine if, as long as, long as, as well as character one hundred and ones. If uh, you have anything particular you want to hear, just like the Transformers JLA uh, crossover that we hear, we encourage you to write to us and uh, you know throw them in there because we'd love to hear we love to hear your th- your theories and also the, give out uh, our theories on what you have to say. Uh, but uh, make sure you check us out on iTunes or Stitcher or Podcast Addict or uh, even we're on uh, Google Play Music now. Or, what? <laughs> or even Google the Google Play Store. We have our own Android app. You know, go ahead and uh, download us and uh, share us. Share us with uh, your friends. Well, help us out, man. The and, more the merrier. <laughs> the more the merrier. Because uh, if you know people that like comic books, then you know people that like to have these type of discussions. And we'd love to have these discussions with you. So... This has been Imagine If on the Geek Elite Radio Networks saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. There you go. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.